you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from The China Project and Caixin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of The China Project. On this week's episode, China and the U.S. return to climate discussions as John Kerry visits Beijing. Rio Tinto says iron ore shipments fell on faltering China demand and... China's tech regulators look to lay foundations for AI by boosting computer power. But first, let's start with a big announcement from Tencent, which will be valuable to many of our listeners. The tech giant has upgraded the payments service in its ubiquitous WeChat app so that users can now link international cards for everyday payments. As the company put it, foreign visitors will be able to, quote, pay like a local, in China. After entering the Chinese mainland, people from overseas can now link credit or debit cards issued by Visa, MasterCard, JCB, or Discover Global Network to Weixin Pay, gaining access to tens of millions of merchants. Previously, short-term overseas travelers often found it difficult to make everyday payments in China, such as for meals or groceries, as many businesses accepted only mobile payments instead of cash or cards. Pay and Alipay dominate China's mobile payment market. Last year, Alipay also upgraded its service to allow overseas users to make everyday payments with international bank cards on the mainland. Moving on to U.S.-China relations, Beijing and Washington have resumed climate change talks with U.S. climate envoy John Kerry's visit to China. Talks were suspended last year following former U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. In a meeting with Kerry this week, China's Premier Li Chang said all countries need to shoulder their respective responsibilities. Li called on developed countries to take the lead in reducing emissions while saying developing economies should contribute as much as they can. Li said he hopes China and the U.S. will continue to respect each other's core concerns and seek common ground while reserving differences through full communication. In response, Kerry said Washington hopes its relationship with Beijing will remain stable and is willing to strengthen cooperation to jointly address pressing global challenges like climate change. Relations between China and the U.S. have worsened recently due to various disputes over trade,
tech, and security matters. Kerry's visit comes as the powers are ramping up diplomatic efforts through high-level engagements to try and stabilize bilateral ties. He is the third cabinet member of Joe Biden's White House to visit China within a month, following Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen. Staying with international relations, Germany has released its first-ever fully-fledged China strategy. Earlier this month, the German government published its long-awaited Strategy on China, the first strategic document in Germany's history to comprehensively cover its policy and stance on China. The document is significant given that China has been Germany's largest trading partner for seven consecutive years. However, sources familiar with Sino-German relations told Caixin that it has limited impact on bilateral trade and investment. They said the document only guides discussions on export controls and investment reviews, and that the tone is softer than in an initial draft seen last year. So in practice, it shouldn't have a significant impact on corporate trade and investment. The paper emphasizes the need to de-risk and reduce dependence on China in areas it considers key, such as medical technology and rare earths. But it also points out that the two countries should continue cooperating on global issues such as trade and climate change. That said, the release drew the ire of the Chinese foreign ministry, which called Berlin's China strategy counterproductive and objected to the portrayal of Sino-German relations as a rivalry. Now on to commodities. Rio Tinto Group, one of the world's biggest iron ore producers, said its second quarter shipments of iron ore fell 1% from a year earlier, which is partly due to China's faltering economic recovery weighing on demand. China is the world's biggest metals-consuming nation. Rio Tinto said the steel demand recovery in the country encountered persistent headwinds in the second quarter, including disappointing economic growth, prolonged property market woes, and cautious consumers. Speaking of China's economy, let's take a look at Beijing's shifting stance on the private sector. China is vowing to boost its economy with new measures aimed at unleashing a fairer and more robust private sector. The Communist Party and the State Council issued a rare joint pledge this week to make the private economy bigger, better, and stronger. The measures include protection of property rights of private firms and entrepreneurs and ensuring fair market competition by breaking down market entry barriers. Notably, the pledge mentioned that China will create a favorable public opinion environment for private entrepreneurs that encourages innovation and tolerates their mistakes and failures. The friendlier tone echoes Beijing's recent shifting attitude toward the private sector after it wrapped up a multi-year crackdown on misconduct in sectors including technology and online education, which had dealt a blow to the economy. In other government news, Beijing is doubling down on artificial intelligence, AI. The IT ministry pledged this week to push the expansion in computing power needed to drive breakthroughs in generative AI, which is an increasing priority for Beijing in its ongoing tech race with the U.S. Spokesman Zhao Zhiguo told reporters that the ministry intends to introduce measures to guide quality development of computing networks and large language models. This month, regulators also loosened some of the guardrails they proposed for ChatGPT-style services months ago, acknowledging the need to stake China's claim 
on the technology. The IT ministry didn't directly address how Beijing intends to resolve one of the biggest potential bottlenecks in domestic AI efforts, which is the lack of the highest-end chips from NVIDIA to train AI models. The U.S. has blocked Chinese companies' ability to buy certain cutting-edge NVIDIA products used to develop AI technology. Let's turn now to Kelly Wong, a general news reporter at Caixin Global, for a look at the pharma story that Caixin reported on last month. Hello, Kelly, and welcome back to the show. It's been a while, Kaiser. Thanks for having me again. So today, let's talk about how some multinational pharmaceutical companies are being squeezed out of the Chinese drug market. This is due, as I understand, to a government bulk buying scheme that is viewed generally as favoring cheaper local products, right? Yes, that's right. The process has been gradual, but inventories of brand name medicines sold by the likes of Roche, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca are slowly falling. This is because China has been adding more generic versions to its national bulk buying program and encourages doctors to prescribe them. I see. You mentioned generic versions of these brand name drugs.、Uh, could you tell us more? Sure. Generic drugs are medicines that contain the same active ingredient as a marketed brand name drug, and for which the original chemical patents have expired. So essentially, they work the same way. Got it. So why did China have this bulk buying program in the first place? So it's part of government efforts to drive down medicine costs for patients, save health insurance costs, and promote domestic drugs. The so-called centralized procurement policy is in its fifth year. And more and more generic drugs are being added to the approved list. I see. So, what big names are being affected, and and how? The first one is Zaloda, a cancer drug developed by Switzerland's Roche, is one of the brand name drugs that are losing market share in China. The change happened after generic capsaicin pills made by two Chinese pharmaceutical companies passed the equivalency test and entered the market in 2020. The situation worsened for Zaloda when the two generic drugs were selected for the state's bulk buying scheme that year. And I assume there are many more like Zaloda. Yes, and for different types of drugs too. For a period of time from before the scheme was launched to one or more years after, branded drugs' market share for nine types of common diseases, including cholesterol problems, high blood pressure, and hepatitis B, fell from around thirty percent to around thirteen. While national purchase share of the equivalent generic versions rose to about eighty percent from twenty-seven. So I guess the important question is, how is it impacting patients? Yes. So while in theory, all generics being considered for the bulk buying scheme must have already passed the country's equivalency test for quality and efficacy compared to the branded original, but many patients feel they are different. A survey last year by the Chinese Pharmaceutical Association showed that more than one fifth of the more than fifteen thousand respondents thought cheap medicine procured through the scheme at a much lower price was not reliable, and more than eighty-four percent of the respondents think there is a difference between original and generic versions, with clinical efficacy and safety being their top concerns. And among the people who had used both, almost half said the experience of taking brand name drugs was better. Although a similar amount said there was no difference, I think Caixin has spoken to some patients who have had experience with both versions. Yeah. 
Yes. For example, a patient from Shandong Province, diagnosed with colon cancer earlier this year, said she vomited for three mornings and had diarrhea after taking generic oxaliplatin. She said her reaction was much better after switching to the brand name drug made by Sanofi. But of course, it's worth noting that this is just one example, and individual cases cannot discredit the efficacy of the entire generic drug industry. That's fair. So, how are these pharma giants dealing with this、uh, situation? Yeah. So, facing tumbling drug sales, increasing price pressure, and patent expiration, many pharmaceutical companies have scaled back, split, or divested their brand name drug business. They have been focusing more on core business areas, including innovative drug development. All right. Thank you for all of that,、uh, and we're looking forward to talking to you again, Kelly. You're very welcome, Kaiser. Talk again next time. And if our listeners are interested in more details of this story, please head on over to tsaishinglobal.com. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tsaishin Seneca Business Brief was produced by Kaiser Guo and by Zhang Ziyu, Kelsey Chung, Lin Jinbing, and Jonathan Breen at Tsaishin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Tsaishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca Network, like the amazing China in Africa and China Global South podcasts. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Access from the China Project. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.